Hello, and welcome to a series of horrors podcast. I'm Jackie from Canada. And I am Jeff from America. And today we are back after a small little hiatus break. We have continued our season two with Paranormal Activity 2. Yes, we have. And first thoughts, Jeff? First thoughts, since instead of them waiting be- be- five minutes before the movie ended for the things to start happening, this one happens at an hour and six minutes into the movie. So they got going basically at a breakneck speed for how these movies go. At least this movie did one good thing. Mm. Since it was all filmed on security cameras, I didn't have to wonder why are they still filming? Because they're always filming because it's a security camera. That's fair. But there were certain points that I was like, why are you filming this? Like when the dad comes in and starts like playing with night vision in his daughter's bedroom and she's painting her toes. I'm like, I'm sorry. This is... Some like Woody Allen shit. I don't know what's happening here. That was all kinds of creepy, but fine. But man, was this movie slow, 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 yeah. slow. It was really slow, especially on a rewatch for me. Like the first time I saw it, again with the anticipation where I was in the mood for a horror movie. I was had memories of the first one being good. So I was like, okay, let's see how this one is. And waiting for something to happen and like on the edge of my seat waiting. And I vaguely remember being bored in that one because I ended up taking a video of my cat halfway through and she was just watching the movie and more interested than I was. But yeah, rewatching it this time, it was very boring. I felt like I was stalking these people. Like, I just, <laughs> I felt uncomfortable watching this movie. Like, yeah. Like I hacked into the security system and I'm just stalking him now. Just like, let me see what they're doing today. There was a lot of feeling of voyeurism in this one more so than the first one. I don't know. It was it was weird. It's so funny because like I put off watching this movie for so long when it was first coming out. As I said, like the first movie, it got me. I was scared by the first movie when I first saw it. And then I heard they're coming out with Paranormal Activity 2 and I watched the trailer and my sister had just had her first child and his name was Hunter. Okay. And I see this trailer and it's about a little boy named Hunter and shit's happening. And I'm like, I, I do not need to see a possessed little baby boy named Hunter right now. Like too much for me to the first movie was similar to my life. Now it's going to be the same like kid as my nephew. Nope, I can't do this. On the bright side, cute baby. Yes, he was quite adorable. I was very confused with the age jump all of a sudden. I think they have like a little thing, like four months later, six months later, whatever it was. They didn't have like a, they did not have a Chiron saying like four months later or whatever. But at one point they said like, oh, I can't believe he's over a year now. And that's what it was. I remember there was something. uh, And it was just like, well, that was quick. Like you bring him home and you're so obsessed with filming every second of him first being home. And then within the first year of his life, you never filmed him again. Hey, maybe he didn't do anything cute in that first 18 months. He's alive. He's just sitting there drooling. You're like, no. Fair enough. Fair enough. Not going to do it. (laughs) Not going to record a drooling kid. Many people do. It's quite unfortunate. They do. Yeah, but not. um, And this movie had no idea whose people's names were. All movie, I'm like, dad, mom, child. Same. And Hunter. I knew Hunter. I knew Hunter. (laughs) They wrote it on his door. And then I knew Allie within the first few scenes because uh, when the security people come to his house, he's like, this is my daughter, Allie. So I knew her name. The only reason that I knew Christy's name was from the third movie uh, slash I think maybe they said it in the first movie too, but like I knew that her name was Christy because of that. No idea who the dad was until practically the end of the movie when she starts calling his name. There's like t- 10 minutes up to the movie, maybe 15. I'm like, what are these people's names? <laughs> I know Hunter, mom, dad, daughter. That's it. That's all I had in my head. 
I think Brad was like the boyfriend or something. I'm gonna yeah. Funny, I want to say she did say Brad's name a lot. <laughs> Somehow I got that one. <laughs> Nothing else. Most important character. <laughs> the most useless person in this movie. Wait, wait, wait. Mika. I was gonna say Mika wasn't it. So he wasn't as jerky in this movie either. Oh, he tries. I, I have right. notes on Mika being a douche, but anyway. Okay, all right. Mm. You he know has I one do. note. <laughs> he, would have, he has one note. He, he, and he plays that note well. So we open up, and it's our good old black screen with white text. This one says, Paramount Pictures would like to thank the families of the deceased and the Carlsbad Police Department. We then cut to a car pulling up to the house. And we have a Chiron that says Carlsbad, California. There's a girl and she's kind of like narrating saying, welcome home, baby hunter. This is your house and like whatever. We see the parents coming out of the car with the newborn baby. And as we've already discussed, we don't get names for anyone, but we do eventually get the names. So I'm just going to fill in the names here so we know who we're talking about. The mother is Christy and the father is Daniel. Uh, the daughter, her name is Allie and the baby is Hunter. Uh, the parents have this like kind of cute dynamic going where the dad's saying like, guess who changed the first 15 diapers? And the wife's just like, guess who was in labor for a day and a half? Okay. <laughs> like That is something I, I like the family dynamic. Of the, of the family yeah i found it really cute and like there there's like a few scenes where like you get to see the relationship between the couple and at least it's better than mika and katie like it feels like they actually like each other and should be in a relationship yeah he doesn't feel he doesn't seem like just a total jerk and the daughter isn't like the stereotypical horror movie daughter or like movie daughters like i hate my stepmom nah, 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 that kind of thing it was like you see like they get along yeah Yes, and even the father-daughter thing was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. They seem like a sweet family. Yeah. Besides the uh, the night vision um, thing, but other than that, it seems like yeah. That scene, I was just like, "What is happening here? Why?" But anyways, why is it still going on? All right. <laughs> we uh, get an introduction to Martine. She's Hunter's nanny, and uh, she's a Hispanic woman. We then see the dad wants to take Hunter on a tour of the house. Uh, He's walking her around and we get to see Abby the dog, who is the sweetest thing, like this German Shepherd. Oh, so cute. And not for nothing, lasted longer in a horror movie than dogs usually do. Yes, yes. And didn't actually die, as far as we know, was still alive. Yeah, dogs usually first one to go. They're usually out in the first 10 minutes. But this one, but then again, nothing happens in this movie for a good hour and change. So yeah, yeah, of course. Exactly. And the dog sleeps through most of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Barks every so often. Every once in a while. Uh, On this tour, we get to see the nursery, which has Hunter's name right on the door. So at least we know one character's name off the bat. We also see that his sister's room and we get a small reveal that she's actually his half sister uh, and that they share the same father, but not the same mother. We get to see that there's an ensuite bathroom that connects the nursery to the sister's room and that they have two different living rooms and one of the living rooms is connected to the kitchen. It's a very nice house, by the way. It is a really nice house. I like this house better than the house in the first one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then I also had questions of like, was this where they had the like random cutaway shot of Mika in the pool? Was it actually at this house? Because did we ever see a pool at their house? We only saw two bedrooms and a kitchen. <laughs> and um, no, no, we saw one bedroom, the bathroom, and a kitchen in, in the original movie. Yeah. And a phantom big, big teddy bear. And that was about it. <laughs> really should have gotten a bigger role. <laughs> yes, the teddy bear deserved Deserve, deserve top billing. I hope that he comes back in the fourth movie. That's all I have to say. Oh, man. Paranormal Activity 4, Ghost Bear <laughs> Dimension Story. Something. Um, But 
What I found strange about this house was how incredibly large the basement is. Mm, okay. It seemed like the basement was bigger than the house. Mm, I didn't feel like that because they have two different living rooms, but you only see one of them for like most of the movie, right? There's like another one behind the kitchen. Um, you see there's like the one they use mm-hmm. primarily. Then there's like a little dining room that you see one time because you see like the tables and chairs. Mm-hmm. Then in the and now in the beginning when you, they're bringing the kid home, you see the living room and even the dad makes a joke. Oh, this is the living room nobody uses. Yeah, but it's right it's right off the front door. So if you look for it, and that's where the dog catches its um whatever happens to the dog happens there. I don't know. I felt like the basement was relatively the same size to it. I don't know. At the end, I was getting Labyrinth vibes from this movie. I was waiting for Jareth to come out singing about the Goblin King. Yeah, but that was more so due to the filming of it. Like, it was really choppy, so you couldn't really get a sense of, like, what direction he was going in, even. And it was just a lot of junk they had in their basement. That might have been him. Because I remember the, when they had the break-in, spoiler alert, I guess. When they had the break-in, when they say, oh, is everything in the basement? And they just I just see them walking down rolls of, of just junk in this place. Like, nope, everything seems to be here. At all. And like the warehouse that I have under my house. They just have a hoarder's house under their house, okay? <laughs> they, they do. It's like it's a little Amazon warehouse down there. It's just <laughs> like, I was waiting to see drones flying by and just like packages leaving the house. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> just I've never seen a basement packed that much with stuff they just don't throw away anything ever <laughs> we have the infinite basement just throw it down the stairs it'll be fine oh my gosh this past week i've been helping well, clean out uh raj's house as i move in and like i i think i told you already but like i found these crawl spaces that we have in our bedroom and great mm-hmm. storage area but they were just full of plastic bags and like garbage and i'm just like why why have you done this i don't understand why do you need 82 plastic bags because that's where the babadook lives and that's why this <laughs> and the babadook eats all the plastic bags plastic, exactly like in the in the movie it was like dirt and worms in roger's house it's plastic bags <laughs> Oh man, yeah. His uh, like his friend used to live with him, and he used to like his bedroom was our bedroom, and he just like turns to me. He's like, "Did you clear out the blast plastic bags?" I'm like, "Yes." Were they yours? It's like no comment. I'm like for fuck's sake. I know they were there when I moved in. Dun dun dun. I tried to clear them out, but there was always more. You know something <laughs> that will probably happen to me. I'll open the door again one day, and I'm like, "What? They're all back." Back. I can't get rid of it. They just all fall on you. Like, <laughs> uh, okay, back to the movie. We then get a scene where Katie's at the door, and we, you know, further establish that she is Aunt Katie. She is Christy, the mother's sister. We then see them hanging out by the pool, and we meet Allie, the daughter's boyfriend, Brad. And he's really not that important, except for like a couple of scenes later. We also got our introduction to the pool vacuum, who is really the star of this film. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The first half hour, 45 minutes of the movie is about the pool vacuum. Oh my God. I don't understand why there was so much time spent on this vacuum. It wasn't creepy at all. Nothing is creepy until an hour and six minutes into this movie. I paused it when something happened. I'm like, pause. <laughs> How much time has passed? Hour and six minutes. That's the first creepy thing that happened. Oh my Nothing God. before that. Okay. We then jump forward. Baby Hunter is now a year old. Cool. Baby Hunter is now in college. So it's great. <laughs> exactly. Went from newborn to one-year-old within, I think it was two minutes. They're asking Katie where Mika is, and she says that he wasn't up for hanging out today. And I'm just like, yeah, thank God. No one needs Mika. 
<laughs> Don't worry. He'll show up later, fans. Don't worry. Oh. <laughs> I know you guys are edges of your seat. Mika Watch 2021. I got it. Okay. <laughs> we, we are there. He's coming. He's coming. We uh, cut to Daniel, and he's saying that they're going to start recording over an old tape, which kind of explains the jump in age. But, I mean, that happens after we have this jump in age to one-year-old Hunter. But, okay, sure, whatever. We Why would you record what you would more like, most likely be, like, the very first time you give him a bath? Or, like, the very first year and a half of Hunter's life? Mm-hmm. Why would you record over that stuff? Yeah, well, they did because, you know, they had to film their trashed house instead. <laughs> That's way more interesting than a baby's first bath, isn't it? Way more. And that pool vacuum is not going to film itself. I got it. Yes. Exactly. It's very important to record the entire life of that vacuum. It's an interesting life. Hey, it it parties hard, that pool (laughs) vacuum. It deserves deserves posterity. Uh, The vacuum and the bear should get their own film. (laughs) Oh, man. Spinoff would be like Sean Hobbs. Barren vacuum. Oh, I need a better name. We'll work on it. We'll workshop this. Yeah. We can, we can do this. We'll, get, we'll get to that. <laughs> they are saying that they're filming. They have to film everything to document that in case there's any something stolen for the insurance. And they're going through every single room, the kitchen, the foyer, the daughter's room, the master. All of them are completely, the furniture's tossed over. Everything's trashed. But nothing's missing. But nothing's missing except for a necklace that Katie made Christy. And the nursery is mysteriously untouched. So is the basement, but I don't think they could tell if the basement was touched or not because it's a hoarder's house. <laughs> a tornado could have been in the basement. They wouldn't have known. They just Yeah, exactly. But Hunter's door is messed up. The R is is off his name. Oh, I didn't I missed that, but okay. That's all I call Some, it. Someone took the R. Dun dun dun. Yes. <laughs> it is, yeah, very important. If it was me that I'd take an ER off, so it'd just be like hunt because he's being hunted or something. Dun, 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 dun. But they do notice that there's a bad smell in the basement though. Something died in there. It's huge, I'm sure. It's... Yeah, exactly. Like just if you started moving those boxes, you would probably find a dead rat somewhere in there. Like... I was gonna go like a raccoon or a possum, but still okay. yeah, maybe a rat. Yeah. <laughs> just something something bigger being there. We then get some footage of them cleaning up the place and Christy's really upset about the whole house being trash, but the daughter tries to reassure her, well, nothing's missing, so everything's okay. We then cut to the dad getting security cameras for the house and this is where we find out the daughter's name because he introduces her to the security people. As you do. As you do. Then the security people are telling her that the cameras will always be recording 24-7 so she can't get away with anything. Again, with the creepiness. Uh, And she's also asking, like, are there going to be cameras in my bathroom? And her dad says yes. (laughs) I think he was kidding around with her. I know. But again, with the, like, (laughs) dad, what? Like, what's with the night vision and the saying that you're going to film in the bathroom? I I don't know. I have nothing. (laughs) I've been watching uh, this series, Alan versus Pharaoh. Oh, yeah. The The Woody Allen thing. Yeah. So now I'm just like, creepy dads filming things. No, stop. (laughs) Anyways, we see that they set up a camera on the front porch, by the pool, in the kitchen, in the living room that, like, is facing the kitchen as well, and in the nursery. We then cut to night one. It's August 17th, and we get a spooky pool vacuum, and, like, the light turns out on the pool vacuum. And then the next morning, the pool vacuum is outside of the pool. Oh, no, not outside the pool. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's the spookiness that has happened. We then get Abby clawing at the basement door, and whining. Uh, Abby's the dog, by the way. We then cut to 
hunter. He's climbing up the stairs with uh, his mother watching. And then we see that the dog is staring off at Martine, the nanny, as she's doing some weird things with her hands and talking to herself. Later on, she explains that she was trying to get rid of the bad spirits. We then get a very similar scene as to when Katie found the spider, except this time the daughter finds shit, literal shit in a toilet and has a bloody murder scream about it. Not like she found it in the bathtub, like somewhere it's not supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. No, she finds a clogged toilet and has like a full meltdown about it. Well, she was, she's what, like 14 maybe in this movie? 15? I felt like 16. Like she seemed relatively old. I don't know. She's talking about having sex with her boyfriend and things like that. So I was was hoping at least age of consent, which in Canada is 16. (laughs) Um, So maybe, maybe a bit older. Who knows? We then cut to Christy in the bath and like some cute, like couple talking, whatever. They mentioned that Katie's going to be coming over later. We then get night two and we get the pool vacuum again. (laughs) Just swimming around in the pool. And then it's not in the pool in the morning. Dun, dun, dun. But first, we get Hunter crying, and Katie goes in to comfort him. And then in the morning, everybody's up and making breakfast, and Katie says that the baby kept her up at night. Then Mika shows up, and we get a text on screen that reads, 60 days before the death of Mika Sloat. So the countdown of Mika's death. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, in case you didn't know. We just can't wait until 60 days, then everyone can be happy. <laughs> In case you didn't know, boom, six days from now, he he is no more. Just- yeah. Thank God, because my next note is Mika's being a fucking douche. He's going off um, on the dad, Daniel. He's like, I went to Burger King and I tossed your name around and I didn't get any free food. Like, what the fuck is up with that? Daniel's just like, I don't own every single BK in the world, Mika. <laughs> don't you, though? Come on. Aren't you the king? I saw. I think I saw a crown in here somewhere. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's actually the ghost. It's the Burger King mascot. And he only got haunted because Mika made him mad. I said, this dude, this jerk came to my Burger King, throwing your name around, so now you're getting possessed by Pazuzu. <laughs> Do you remember those commercials where it was just like the king would be in bed with them and like all of yes. <laughs> It's so great. He, but he would have like a breakfast sandwich, like boom, creepy breakfast sandwich. <laughs> And he was just like this plastic faced thing. Like it was, oh, those commercials were not great, but they were great all at once. They were like the Skittles commercials where you're just disturbed by them, but they're still quite amazing. All right. So Katie and Mika are having a little argument about their house and decorating it. See, is my note for Jeff right here. See, this is this explains it all. Mika says that Katie can only have one small area downstairs for her beating and nothing else. He needs his special room with his teddy bear to himself. Come on. Teddy needs his own room. He, it's, he's very special to me. Mm-hmm. There's no way I can have him. I can't, can't kick him out. Come on. It's, he's, no, I need to. He pays half the rent. I need to just like, you know, go into the teddy bear room every once in a while and close the door and have some teddy time. And I don't need you in there, Katie. You don't need to know what happens with me and Teddy. Exactly. I don't need you interrupting me. It's very, it's very personal. <laughs> personal sign for me and him. Exactly. They're discussing the break-in that happened and Christy is weirded out that they didn't take anything. And she feels like they are still here. She says that she has the same feeling that she had when her and Katie were little. But then they kind of like switch the topic really quickly off of that. It's then the middle of the day and Christy hears thudding upstairs while she's home alone with the baby. She goes to investigate and she hears soft thudding again while she's in the nursery, but there's nothing there. We get night three and again with the pool vacuum. (laughs) And this is when I noticed that on their stairway, they have the exact same picture of uh, Mika and Katie from the first movie 
on their staircase, like center framed. And I'm like, why do you have this not so great picture of your sister and mainly of this douche as the centerpiece of your staircase? Well, you know, she loves her sister and, you know, and her sister's with this guy. So I guess we'll go with that. I then started to like look more about all of their photos and all the photos are just really bad selfie shots that were taken of like all the various actors. It's just like something that they were like, okay, let's go to the person's Facebook and print off a picture. This is really shitty quality, but we're just going to print it anyway. No one will notice. It will just be up on a wall. Yep. And then Jackie from Canada came. Sorry, I noticed. <laughs> I looked at, I think I caught something at the end. I think it was like a big obnoxious picture of the daughter that looked like really out of place. That you wouldn't, And I just like, you wouldn't put this picture up here, I don't think. Yeah. It's like a picture you would have up in a dorm room, not really a picture you would have up in your in your mom's house. Like, exactly. Um, like, it really felt that, like, they were too lazy to take pictures for the movie. So they just went on the actors' Facebooks and, like, found pictures of them that were not staged at all and, like, felt very, like, candid and weird to print off and not of good quality. I don't know. And this is a movie with a with like a pool vacuum as a main character. I think I think what what more can we expect? You have some fair points there, sir. We then see that Hunter is awake. It's three nineteen a.m. He's looking at the corner of his room, and there's this rapid tapping noise coming from the mirror. He starts waving and cooing at the corner of the room, and we hear faint music from some sort of like child's toy. Is that the train from later? I think it's the train from later, yeah. I didn't yeah. really note what the tune of it was or anything like that, so I was like, maybe it's the train? I don't know. The next morning, the vacuum is out of the pool again. Dun, dun, dun. Why haven't they moved out yet? I don't get it. How can they live in such a haunted house with all the terrible things happening to them? We get uh, Christy, Hunter, Ali, and Martine. They're looking through a photo album of Hunter. And then they find a really old photo of Katie as a child. And it's the picture that we find in Paranormal Activity 1 that was in the attic with like the burned edges. And it's just tucked between the pages of Hunter's baby book, which seems odd. And even like Christy mentions like, how does this like photo exist? Like that's so weird. Whatever. I thought everything was lost in the fire. (laughs) I love how this movie gives the origin story of like the randomest things. Like, hey, it's the origin story to why Mika bought a camera. Yeah. This is the origin story to this picture we found in a in a place. I'm like, all right. Yeah. So then uh we cut to a scene of Martine telling Allie uh not to let her boyfriend be handsy handsy touchy touchy. <laughs> it's just like I, I loved it. But pretty much the scene is just to establish that Martine will be home alone that night with the baby. But there's like a weird dancing scene and like her telling her not to let her boyfriend be handsy handsy touchy touchy. <laughs> All right. I don't know if it was just me being bored and thinking things happened that didn't happen. Mm. Did Martina at certain parts speak perfect English and then couldn't speak English in later parts of the movie? Because I felt like that happened when I was watching this movie. It wasn't perfect English. It Like, she could speak some English, and it was usually when she was repeating after someone who had, like, translated for her. They were like, this is what you mean? And she's like, yes, and then, like, would repeat what they said and then seem like she had perfect English as she repeated what they said. Okay, a bunch of times I'm like, where, I'm like, why does she not have an accent? And why does she have an accent now? Or maybe, like I said, maybe I was just bored and I thought that happened to make it more interesting. But no, <laughs> just, just like adding conspiracy theories so that you can be interested. 
Perhaps. I mean, maybe she's the ghost and she's haunting the place. It's all Martine or something. I don't know. Because she has an accent sometimes. Another time she doesn't. Maybe this is something. She's possessed by no. the teddy bear. <laughs> oh, yes. The teddy bear will not be denied. <laughs> he must come back for the sequels. Okay. We cut to night five and it's 10.30 p.m. And Martinez here is bedding in the living room and she's looking around. She's all alone in the house. Hunter's sleeping. And then she starts to hear soft rattling and a dragging noise and more faint thudding. The pool light turns on and there's a loud crash from the nursery and Hunter starts to cry and the dog's barking. Martina runs upstairs and she grabs the baby and we see that the dog's barking at the ensuite bathroom. She grabs Hunter and she brings him downstairs and she starts saging the house and praying. That's when the parents come home and they immediately get pissy with Martine and for smudging the house. And they say that they've asked her before not to do this. It's bad for the baby. They're trying to get her to stop. Uh, Christy takes Hunter and she brings him back upstairs and like the dad's just like, stop, stop doing this. And Martine like continues for a moment, but then she eventually puts it out. But she's continuing to, like, voice distress. They don't, well, because, like, it's a found footage film. They don't subtitle anything, really. So we don't know, if you don't speak Spanish, you don't know what she's saying. I don't speak Spanish personally, so I'm not sure what she's saying. But I got the sense that she was just generally distressed and trying to explain that there were ghosts in the house. And the dad's being, like, a dick about it and being like, stop doing this. It stinks. Nobody should be smelling this shit. The whole time this is happening, like, why is he so mad? She's not doing anything bad. And say, I've told you a million times I've never to do this. When? I haven't seen this happen mm-hmm. one time. Yeah, that was in the footage that they taped over, apparently. <laughs> apparently. And all she was saying, from what I can remember right now, because it's been a couple of days I watched it, were like, I'm trying to help. There's bad things. I want This is good. I'm trying to help you out. And she, he's like, listen, I don't believe in this. That's it. You're fired. Yeah, exactly. The next scene is him firing her over this, which is ridiculous because he's telling her, like, I'll give you a great recommendation. You're amazing or whatever. It's just that I don't like this witchy shit kind of thing. And it's like, what? What the fuck? Like, I, I kind of understand when she was holding the baby and smudging at the same time being kind of upset about that because like technically it's something that's on fire i mean like not really it's smoldering but um the fumes from the sage it is a bit strong like i've been there like when people were smudging before not wanting your baby to inhale carcinogenics fine i can understand that to an extent but like to full-on fire her about it yeah the very next scene is him carrying her suitcase Mm -hmm. out of the house and my next question is all right they fire Mm martin it's stupid but whatever you need this to happen for the movie to continue i get it they apparently have um money to have a nanny Mm -hmm. they never hire another nanny yeah and they argue not argue then they're like oh we don't have martin anymore what are we gonna do like she wasn't like your aunt like she was like she was it was her job to be there living with you guys so apparently you paid her Now that money you're not using to pay Martine, you can use to pay, I don't know, Becky to show up. I don't know why when you said Becky, I just like remembered the horrible babysitter from the new Amity. Well, it's not the newest Amityville horror, but the Ryan Reynolds Amityville horror where it's like the world's worst babysitter that shows up. Have you ever seen Skeleton Key? Oh, so long ago. I don't remember anything about it other than like Kate Hudson was in it. I was getting Skeleton Key vibes from that. Also, it's like a possession movie kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, they had to hire Kate Hudson to be possessed because um, they try to hire like cause other people, but they would get too freaked out and leave. <laughs> so they just need the basic white bitch to be like, ah, no, I love ghosts. 
No, like that pretty much I don't believe this is happening. So I'm just gonna hang out and then at the end of the movie she gets possessed because she never she didn't listen to any of the signs. Oh my gosh. And that, that movie posits something which I thought was pretty cool. Like the voodoo stuff, because it's like voodoo possession thing. Mm-hmm. Um it only works if you believe in it. So if you don't believe in it, you're actually safe. Interesting. It's your belief that gives it power. So they just freak her out enough so that at the end she believes it mm-hmm. and then they possess her. And then the, one of the people that is like cause that's the right. I'm just spoiler the hell out of Skeleton Key. It's me trying to walk around it. It's making it harder to explain. In Skeleton Key, there's an old couple. Mm-hmm. They are um, they are basically immortal because what they do, they just possess a younger person and their spirit goes into them. And then when they get old, they hire somebody, they say, to watch them, like an in-home aide or like a lawyer or something, which is the two characters in this movie. They possess them and then they... they they leave the will in their name. Oh, and they, they get married. it's get out without the hypnotism and brain surgery. <laughs> Pretty much. It's, but it's voodoo. Yeah, it's, it's just voodoo. This time. And you're not doing it to be better. It's just doing it because I don't want to die. So, you know, I'm just going to possess this young person, live. They're, they're basically switch bodies with them. It's not really a possession. It's more like, all right, you live in the old body. I take the young body. Ha ha, you're going to be dead in a week. Ta-da. And, uh, and I get to live out the rest of your 50 years of life or whatever. It was in, it's filmed in New Orleans. So the they're like a black couple. They're like they're doing this. And she was like, man, I want to possess a black girl. I don't want to be a white girl. Like, and they're like, we try, but they keep on leaving. <laughs> Because they know they're the ones that get killed first in the horror movie. They're like, fuck that. No. Yeah, I laugh so hard. It's like, oh, we want, I want. I don't want to be this white girl. I want to possess, I want to possess black girl. I want to be black again. And she's like, listen. The guy was like, listen, we try. But they don't last long enough for us to be able to do what we do. They see some freaky things going on. They quit and never come back. I need to rewatch this movie. That's amazing. <laughs> I don't know why I started getting Skeleton Key vibes at this part, because I'm like, man, this is the one, they're trying to do this, but this dude is not believing him, and this is what's going to get him screwed. It's what happened in my brain, anyway, just as I was watching this movie. I had a lot of time to think. <laughs> yeah, because nothing was happening. Then we see that Christy, she's filming Hunter, who keeps looking above her head, and behind her, he then runs up to the mirror. He did that before when Katie was over, too, so he seems to be attracted to the mirror for some reason, which lots of babies are, but I think they're trying to make it be like it's spooky this is the weird scene where he's in his daughter's room with the camera and he's like bragging about his night vision and like turning off the lights and and filming her painting her toenails the daughter then asks why he fired martine and he's saying that he didn't like the witchy stuff and she's saying that it wasn't hurting anyone and he's just like meh i don't care i didn't want it it's then night eight and we're back with the haunted pool vacuum jesus christ a possessed pool vacuum is killing me oh my lord okay hunter's crying and it's at two four 3 a.m. Christy comes in to check on him. There's a soft rattling behind them by the window repeatedly. Then the bedroom door opens more on its own. There's more rattling at the window and then a crash. The next morning we see the crash was a dead bird. Like the bird crashed into the window. Allie is then watching Hunter and recording him. This is one of the times where I was like, why is she randomly recording for no reason right now? Like she's just like recording him like running around the house or whatever and then he runs away from her and then she like runs over to the baby monitor that's on the side table in the bedroom and picks it up then decides to leave it and the camera and run after hunter instead the monitor like displays some static noise that's that scene yeah why yeah i was petrified i had to turn the movie off and take a five minute break to breathe and then i get that watching after that how did they make six of these how did this go on for six movies? All right. I was going to say that, you know, I just like, Ow! I felt like I heard Michael Keaton over that via white noise. <laughs> yeah, I started to get angry around here. because I'm like, all right, what have I done? I have four more movies to go. Oh, it's not- I promise you that the third movie is more interesting. I like the third movie. 
and I've watched it twice now and liked it on the second watch too. All right, I was like, man, they have to do something. All right, the first one was a phenomenon. The second one, you got that one off the first one, but I'm like, man, nothing happens. (laughs) Nothing happens in these two movies. No. I felt like this one was worse for like nothing. Like there was something more interesting about what was happening in their house. There were shadows at least and like it wasn't a fucking pool vacuum. (laughs) In this movie, they're actually a happy family. Mm -hmm. For the most part. And it's boring to watch Happy Family. It just is. Yeah. At least in the first one, Mika's a jerk. She's like, this guy's a jerk. I can't stand this dude. <laughs> Whatever. At least it's that to keep you going. Like, oh, I hope he gets, hope something happens to him. He's just being an asshole. This whole movie, whatever. This was like, ah. Oh. I like the dad. He's kind of creepy. He had that one creepy scene. He seems to really love the mom and they have a good relationship and there's a good relationship with the daughter between the dad and the daughter and the mom and the stepmom and the daughter and the dog is cool. I'm like, all right. That's why the Martine thing is really crazy because it's so out of character. He's been a nice guy all movie. Then all of a sudden, I can't send this windy shit. You're fired. I'm like, damn, all right. Um, yeah. Cool. I don't know. Like, it's just whenever anything to do with the paranormal is mentioned, he like flips a switch and it seems very out of character for him otherwise or it's I don't know. Do we just not know something about this dad and he's actually crazy? Like, I don't know. There's another side to him. Yeah, it made more sense for her. the wife, maybe, to flip a switch. Right? She has a quote unquote experience when she was a little, when she was a little, but not the dad, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. And we're never going to find out either. We're then on night 10. It's 3.28 a.m. and a pot falls off the rack in the kitchen. Christy hears it. She heads downstairs to investigate and she puts the pot back up. Then she's looking out the window at the pool and the lights go out at the pool and at the same time, Pan falls again. She's really freaked out by this and runs away. The next morning we see the haunted pool vacuum out of the pool again. Alright, before we get too far in this, she acts like Leatherface jumped out of a closet when the Pan falls a second time. Does she like leave the kitchen running and screaming? Pretty much. Like she gasps and then like runs out of the kitchen. But like, I could understand that if you're freaking yourself out. Like I, I don't know. My references are like like when I was a child and like sleepovers and that kind of thing. Like when you've freaked yourself out and then like something very normal happens, like something falls over and you're just like, ah, this is too much for me and like go running. Ooh, the lights should have turned off and this fell. Oh, in my head, I'm like, oh man, it fell. I'd have maybe jumped and then put it back up and then walked my happy self back up to the bedroom. Yeah, my only excuse can be that she's already worked herself up for some reason. Yeah, because she's already having like haunted house feelings, mm-hmm. even though nothing, nothing should be bleeding them that there. See, like that's the thing. Like at least when it was with Katie, they kind of did a better job of describing that she was having these feelings of like, I feel like someone's watching me. There's whispers, there's this, there's that. And we don't even get the sense of that until it happens to the daughter later on in the film, just before yeah, she gets gets locked out she's like oh there was whispers or whatever and there's this weird shadow thing yeah this movie's very unfocused because you starts off with the baby and the baby's apparently the jareth is coming for the goblin king mm-hmm. right he's coming <laughs> and then you think all right this is katie's sister so maybe this is the main character like the movie then shifts to like the daughter becomes the main character of the movie for about yeah a quarter of it maybe a, maybe two, half the movie and then it shifts back to the father and the stepmom or whatever so it's just like pick a lane <laughs> yes yeah, what, what's going on you're very unfocused here guys yeah and there aren't that many people here either so i don't know you're right it is very unfocused but at this point we have mika and katie back over at the pool mika is saying that he's gonna replace katie with a video camera because you know women are objects anyways and see, and that's what gets him killed, I guess, when he buys the video camera. See, he's like, this is great. I love this camera. 
Yeah, he's also like making bets with Daniel that him and Christy make sex tapes, which is weird because their like child is right there and they're just he's like, yeah, I bet you guys get freaky with this camera. Okay, (laughs) not for nothing. In the earlier scene, it did sound like she was she she was going for that. That is fair, but they did not film. (laughs) As as far as we know, (laughs) (laughs) maybe they taped over that, too. (laughs) Exactly. Maybe they just didn't keep that tape because it sounded like because he she because she was asking for a tape at that point because at no point during that scene did she say put the camera down fair point daniel's then telling mika that they have a ghost because a pot fell down and he's making fun of christy he then says that katie and christy used to do seances and shit and mika's surprised to be hearing this katie starts playing it down and she says no we did not have seances and it's really not that funny guys like when we were kids we got freaked out it was no big deal then we cut to a scene where uh, daniel and christy are discussing potgate <laughs> and daniel's he's just kind of being a dick and saying maybe you don't know how to hang up a pot do you want me to show you how to do it and christy's like well what's up with the pool cleaner then like why is it like out of the pool all the time he's like i don't know don't care yeah he's like i don't know maybe it's like strong so then christy insists on watching the footage of the pool to figure it out then we commence the world's most boring ghost investigation they play the footage of the pool thing and uh ali decides that she's going to film them doing this because it's super fucking thrilling so they videotape somebody watching something on a screen yeah then we get the thrill of watching the vacuum scale the pool wall and then get out of the pool like it would have been more interesting if it levitated you know what I mean? And then got out of the yeah. No, but like it just looks like it cleaned the wall and then got out. And that's it. And then stopped. Yeah. And Daniel's like, yeah, the setting's probably too high or something. And Chrissy's like, it's not the settings and gets all upset. How do you know? It doesn't look like it's anything. Yeah. Then Allie and her dad are talking about things further. And Allie says that she doesn't know if the house is haunted, but she hopes that it is. And she wants to try a seance. And she thinks that it could be a good spirit. Maybe it's her mom. That scene was kind of really sad for me I'm like i'm like oh god that's that's really sad that she's just so hopeful that it's her mom we're at night 12 it's 3 14 a.m hunter is babbling away at something by the window and then abby is growling and barking at it then we're, we cut to the next morning that's all that was <laughs> super freaky okay in the morning daniel brings christy and ali over to the poolside he says that they need to see something and then he makes the pool vacuum jump out of the pool then daniel and christy start planning a date night and this is where they're discussing, like, oh, we don't have a babysitter anymore. Nah, nah, nah. And they're like, well, we'll make the daughter babysit. Oh, which is fine. But they still should have, if they cared about having a babysitter, they had a week to at least start looking for one, I guess. Yeah. But at the same time, like, does Christy have a job? Like, I don't think so. Cause... She never leaves the house. And then the dad also, like, he runs a Burger King, but he really doesn't leave the house much. Except for, like, right at the end where he's like, yeah, I suddenly need to work. Now, there was a couple times, like, sporadically, you would see, you would see like his like a, that that weird sling bag over his like I gotta go bye see you tonight I have a meeting or something I don't know I didn't note it or maybe I'm just making a better movie in my head I don't know <laughs> that seems to happen a lot in this movie Jeff <laughs> Ali's home alone and she's in the living mm. room and then she hears a pounding at the back door it's the boyfriend pounding at that back door <laughs> yes he is hey hey <laughs> they decide to start playing with the Ouija board the plan chance is moving. And it spells out pussy. <laughs> yeah. 
I was waiting for you to say it. I'm, 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 I wanted you to fill in, but anyways. Uh, <laughs> I was waiting for you to say it. Because the ghost apparently wants to get some strange. Oh, yeah. And that's where we're at right now. Turns out, surprise, surprise, it's the boyfriend moving it. But then it starts moving on its own. He's like, I swear, I'm not doing it. And it spells out hunt. Because it's the baby's name. Yeah. I mean, minus the E and the R. I guess that's why I took the R off of the door. Because it was like, eh. It got tired after just after one let him listen. I can't. It's, I'm, it's, I've already flipped all this furniture. <laughs> I can't be pulling letters off doors. I'm, I'm I'm tired. Yeah, exactly. And now I'm too tired to, you know, add the additional letters on the Ouija board. So Allie's sleeping on the couch with the TV on, and it's just commercials playing, which... Fun fact, later when the dad's sleeping on the couch, it's the exact same commercials playing. Oh, is yeah. it? That's great. They like only bought these like three commercials and they play them. But anyways, the TV then randomly turns to static and then we see a shadowy mass that's moving over her body. Then the TV snaps back to the program and she wakes up with a start. She seems freaked out and she begins to head upstairs and she notices the front door is open. There's a loud smack and rattle at the door after she closes it. So she decides to go outside to check if it's Brad. And as she's outside, the door slams shut and locks behind her. All right, I was upset. Why were you upset? Okay, because she colossal idiot all the way around. She gets to the start or whatever. She says, I'm gonna go to bed. She goes upstairs. She makes it upstairs when she hears the bang. The way that house is set up is there's a window over the door, which from the staircase, you can see if anybody's there. She does that, sees nothing. Mm -hmm. Walks downstairs, looks at the peephole, still sees nothing, opens the door, and takes four steps outside before it just lands. If you saw nothing when you look through the window, when you see nothing when you go through the peephole, would you open the door and then walk outside? Yeah, or at the very least, like, for me, I would be like, let me grab my cell phone so that, like, she could immediately call the parents and be like, hey, I just got locked out of the house. Or I would, if I wanted to, like, check to see if Brad was, like, playing a trick on me, whatever, then, like, I would open the door, but, like, I would be halfway out the door, you know what I mean? Like, keeping a foot in or something. Something. I wouldn't go like four steps outside the door. Oh, maybe this is our um I know what you did last summer moment. <laughs> what do you want from what you, me? Exactly. What do you want from me? Slam. I want I want you at the house so I could take the baby. That's what I wanted. So you know. <laughs> we then see Abby the dog leaving the nursery. She's whining slightly. Allie's in the backyard trying to get in, and Abby's at the door barking at her. We then hear heavy footsteps upstairs, and the floorboards creak. Then Hunter starts sliding in his crib, as if someone's pulling him in the crib. Then he, like, slides up the side of the crib. It's the pool vacuum! That's the <laughs> Yeah, he's acting like the pool vacuum. He's he's possessed by the pool vacuum. <laughs> oh, man. And then we cut away like quickly to like Allie trying to get in or whatever still. And then we we cut back to Hunter. He's now out of his crib. And for some reason, the bedroom door is now closed, even though it wasn't before. And he opens the door and then he wanders out of the room. We then hear music playing from a toy again. And then Hunter's running around the main floor. He opens the basement door and the music stops. He then heads back upstairs on his own. <laughs> the parents then get home and Hunter is back in his crib crying and they can't find Allie anywhere. Then uh, Allie comes back into the house and she explains the whole thing and the dad's being super pissy with her. For no reason. I, I don't think he, I just think he didn't believe her. It was, it was my head cannon. Yeah, exactly. Like he's just being extra rude about it. I don't know. And she tries to explain that she was napping and she heard someone calling her name that she felt that there was something there with her and that's when she heard the knock at the door she checked to see if it was brad and the door slammed shut 
the dad says that it was the wind. She's like, no, there was no wind. It was because, mm-hmm. you know, because when the back windows are open and the breeze comes in, it slams the door when nothing is open. He says that later, but like, oh. yeah, he's just like, right now he's just like, no, it was the wind. Like, drop this shit. You're fired. So. I'm going to fire you too. You're not my daughter anymore. Yeah. Thank you, you are fired as my daughter. That's it. I'm done. No witchy dippy stuff here. Fire. Oh, Allie, it then cuts to Allie during the day. She's doing research when she's hanging out with Brad and Brad's filming her doing the research for some reason. So interesting. Yeah. And uh, she determines, much like Mika, that it's a demon, not a ghost. She then gets Brad to read out this paragraph and it says... It has been said that if a human makes a bargain with a demon for wealth, power, or any other benefit, they must forfeit their firstborn uh, male. If the debt is not honored, the demon will follow the defaulter and his or her brood until its soul of an infant is collected. This is when I noticed Brad has like the worst haircut ever. And he also, like, she's like, why are you laughing at one point? So then he tries to, like, make this serious face, but, like, he can't. Useless, but whatever. All right. I don't think we see him again after this scene anyway, right? No, we never see him again, but he does make, like, a phone call appearance. Mm. We then cut to Allie reviewing the tape of the door slamming shut behind her. And she, like, calls her dad to be like, see, see, like, whatever. And he's just like, no, it was the wind. Like, when you open the windows and this, that, whatever. And, like, he's just kind of done with her shit. And is like, now come down for dinner. Like, fuck this. We're then at night 17, again, with the haunted pool cleaner. <laughs> we got to make sure that we get that check every night. Make sure he's... Still haunted? Him. Yes. Good check. Got it. All right. <laughs> we then hear uh, thudding. And then I have a note, like, why the door was, like, shut completely with the dog in the room of the nursery. And I'm like, why would you shut a dog into a room that's just going to piss you off in the middle of the night with the baby? I don't get it. Like, whatever. Allie wakes up because she hears the thudding and she turns on her own camera and she's like, I just heard something downstairs. And then she goes to investigate and then she sees this, like, child's toy, like a truck. And it's like moving on its own and playing all this music. And then she's like walking around the first floor and it's following her. And she's like, ah, fuck this shit. And goes running upstairs. All right. It's not even following her around so much as apparently it's a little toy which runs on batteries and it moves. Like it's not even like it's haunted. It's just, it's, it is what the toy does. So she leaves it in the kitchen and she walks the long way around. And then when she like loops back around to like around where the entrance of the kitchen is, it's now there. But the thing could move on its own. So why would, it could have made it th- and then she she acts like a ghost jumped out of the car and like hit her in the face or something. And then she runs out. <laughs> we used to have this like Fisher Price piano and it would play on its own. That was creepy. That was not the function of it. Like you were supposed to press the keys for it to play. But sometimes it would just start playing on its own. See, for, you, for that to freak you out is one thing because it's doing something it's not supposed to do. But this thing, it's doing what it does. Yeah. And it's scary. See, it would have made more sense if like she went and she checked and it was turned off or something like or that. Or she Turned it off or something like ah, what the hell is toy? Turn it off, whatever. Put it on the counter, and then it rolls in front of her. All right, that's freaky. It's back on and rolled in front of her. But no, she just looks at it like, oh, this is a toy. I wonder what it's doing here. Anyway, ignore. Walk around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh well. In the morning, she shows Christy the footage, and she says that it reminds her of what Martine was saying about bad spirits. Christy's saying that she doesn't like for some reason they start talking about her childhood I guess but like they I swear there's like a line missing because she's like it just jumps to Christy saying I don't remember and she's like all I remember is being scared all the time and Allie's asking her to elaborate but she won't yeah we cut to Katie she's visiting and Christy's telling her about Allie and the door and she says that she's having a feeling lately that it might be whatever happened to them when they were little 
she thinks that it's starting again. This is where Katie gets all pissed off. And she says she doesn't want to talk about it. Christy says she doesn't remember anything except for being scared all the time. And then Katie's like, I remember. I remember you crying all the time. And she says that Christy couldn't sleep. She got anxiety attacks and she stopped talking for months. And then weird people came to their house and their mom was upset all the time. Whatever it was, it thrived on fear. The more we paid attention to it, the worse it got. You need to leave it alone or you'll end up like mom. Which is not what they do in the first movie, which happens after this movie. Well, like, I mean, she keeps on telling Mika, like, I don't think we should be fucking with this thing. Like, I don't want the stuff to happen. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, all right, let's keep on recording. All right, let's do the the, the, the baby powder. So it's still, oh, let's call it demonologist. So it's, she doesn't, she doesn't take the ignore it and it'll go away aspect of it. Like she's saying to do in this movie. Katie's constantly saying that she would rather not be doing these things, but Mika's like, no, I gotta say, and I want to do these things. And Mika's a douche. So she just lets him do his thing. <laughs> It's a healthy relationship they got there. Super healthy. So Allie takes Abby for a walk. Christy puts Hunter to bed. It's 3.30 p.m. Then she hears this low rumbling and a thud. Then all of the kitchen cabinets open at once, which is like the one jump scare that actually got me in this movie. It, yep. And that this is what happens at an hour and six minutes in. This is the one. This is the, this is the thing. That happens. Yeah. This is the first thing that happens that you cannot, you can't be like, all right, what's, all right, this is definitely something. And they don't yeah. ever check the camera on this event. Yeah. The one that no. dad can't be like, the wind opened up all the cabinets and threw all the pots to the ground. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Christy runs upstairs and she screams, leave me alone. I feel like that's more of a, like, I know what you did in the last summer. Yeah, that might have <laughs> been um then her kettle like that she had put on it starts like going off and she comes back to the kitchen and she takes the kettle off the stove and starts closing everything Allie comes back and she's all concerned she's asking if something just happened Christy is pretending that everything is okay and she tells Allie that Katie said not to talk about it because it's only going to make it worse we cut to Allie she's theorizing that Christy's great-grandmother made a deal with a demon and Hunter is the first male heir since the 1930s on Christy's side because she's checked her the hers that mom's entire family tree. <laughs> she went on to Ancestry.com. She got that like free weekend trial. <laughs> Just looked at everybody. There were no males born. And apparently now we know why. Now we know why Katie doesn't work. Or Christy. Well, I know why these people don't work because apparently they're independently wealthy. We th- I thought it was Mika and, and the Burger King, but no, it's... They just keep on collecting all that, like, arson insurance. <laughs> like, their, all their fires, all their buildings keep uh, burning down, and then they get all that insurance money, you know? Exactly. <laughs> okay, uh, we're at night 19, and again, we check in on the pool. There's nothing happening, because, you know. Abby then runs up the stairs, and Daniel's putting Hunter to bed. We get a time, sl- time lapse from 9 p.m. to 12.49 a.m., And then we hear a low rumbling and the basement door opens. Abby runs downstairs. She starts barking and growling at something. She whines and yelps and then there's silence. Allie hears all this so she goes running downstairs and then she starts freaking out and she calls her dad. They find Abby in some sort of state of distress but it's not shown on camera. And then they decide they need to run off and take her to the emergency vet. They both leave and Christy is left alone at home. With the baby. With the baby. She continually calls Daniel, leaving him voice messages, trying to figure out, you know, any information and updates. We then hear this weird tinkering noise in the kitchen, and the pots start clanging together. The lights turn out in Hunter's room, and Christy goes in to check on him. She turns the light back on, and then it starts flickering. Something then knocks her to the ground and begins dragging her away and down the stairs by the foot. It's a pretty cool effect, the way she gets dragged literally by her foot out of the room, down 
down the stairs and then into the basement. Yeah, well, like, first it starts to drag her, trying to take her down the stairs, and she, like, fights it. She gets back up, and she runs back to the room, and she, like, runs into the into a, wa- a visible wall of something and, like, gets knocked to the ground again, and then it pulls her all the way downstairs and into the basement. The door closes behind her, and then we get this time lapse of from 1.30 a.m. until 2.58 a.m., and then the basement door slowly opens. Christy walks out in a trance-like state. We then cut to the next day, and Allie's on the phone with Brad. She's saying that Abby, the dog, had a seizure, which has never happened to her before. She's, like, describing, like, the awful howls that she was making. Then the dad asks Allie to help her, help him with Hunter. He says there's something wrong with Christy and she won't get out of bed. But he has to leave for a business thing. You know, Burger King emergencies, they happen. When the king king requests your presence, you go. You don't leave the king waiting. Allie asks if she can take Hunter to Brad's instead. And her dad's like, no, you have to stay here. He's only going to be gone for two hours. Allie then gets back on the phone and she's asking Brad to come over. Abby's still at the vet, she says, and that she doesn't want to be alone in the house. Allie then hears footsteps and clawing noises from the basement. She opens the basement door and she finds scratches all over the inside of the door. It looks like some of the scratches look like letters and I was trying to figure out what the letters were. So was I. Couldn't quite make it out. So my guesses were M-E-L-K or K-N-E-L-K. Neither make any sense. Yeah. Oh! Oh, wait, nope. Maybe it was neck. That would make sense. Neck? How would neck neck make sense? Because she snaps the dad's neck later. Actually, she doesn't. The sister does. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know what I mean? I guess. And she has a bite mark on her thigh. Yeah, maybe it was neck. Because of my bad writing, the L that I originally wrote looked like a C, and I was like, ooh, it could be. Hey, we'll go with it. One time when my horrible handwriting helps us out. (laughs) Yes, and it's a win. Allie also notices that there's blood on the door. She goes upstairs and she finds Christy in the nursery. She's sitting in the rocking chair in some sort of trance. And she can see that she has a bite mark on her upper thigh. Then there's this loud thudding behind her in the hallway. And when she turns around, Christy is gone from the chair. She goes inside the room to check on Hunter. And then Christy comes back into the room. We then cut back to downstairs and Allie's downstairs. She's crying and she's calling her dad and begging him to come home. She says that there's something wrong with Christy. We cut to Christy and she's staring out of the window of the nursery And Hunter's crying. Allie goes in and she starts moving towards Hunter and Christy like jumps right into her face and scolds her, don't touch him. Allie then is watching the footage from the night before and she finds the footage of Christy being dragged down the stairs. She's freaking out and she calls her dad to come and look at the footage. The dad finally starts to believe what's happening and he decides to call back Martine. (laughs) And she shows up like in 20 minutes. Yeah. She's like, I knew this shit was happening. I was already on the bus. Don't worry. I was already on my way. And if it was me, I'd be like, you fired me. Screw you. Hey, you, you made your bed not lie in it. That's it. It's over. Maybe she really loves Hunter and she wants to help. Maybe. All right, maybe so. Uh, she then rubs olive oil on a cross to help. Allie and Daniel start arguing in another cutaway scene about transferring it, the demon. And Allie's saying, no, it's Christy's sister. Pick someone else. And the dad's saying that it has to be a blood relative. And that Christy won't remember any of it. Daniel then goes upstairs and he approaches Christy with the cross. 
and she lunges at him with like a demon noise and then all of the lights go out. Because I think they explained that the uh, cross is going to knock her out, like basically put her to sleep. Oh yes, yeah. exactly. Allie is hysterical and it's really annoying. <laughs> yeah, she's just like crying and yelling and I'm just like, can you shut the fuck up, girl? And screaming and just like being too much. Yeah, it's really annoying. Then we find out that Hunter is missing, question mark. There's furniture furniture being thrown around it's at this point that like the handheld camera effect is just way too choppy and you can't nothing is in focus ever for me i didn't really know what was going on also at the time of day i was watching this there was a severe glare on my tv and it wasn't helping the situation (laughs) so the dad goes down into the basement he hears hunter babbling and crying and then he finds him and he drops the camera to go and get him but then something moves past the camera he leaves Hunter to go grab the camera and then Demon Christy attacks him and then he puts the cross on her chest and she's screaming and everyone's screaming and the camera slash the house is like shaking. I'm not really sure what's happening here because no one's on camera anymore. It's just like a dresser with like debris on it shaking. That's what it was. I couldn't even tell what it was. I just thought, I'm like, why is the floor shaking here? But not like further up. I don't know if it was a dresser. It was like something. It was some furniture piece. Then you see baby legs. You see uh, Gage from uh, Pet Cemetery show up. Little cameo and then leave. (laughs) I was thinking more like Deadpool 2. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, so Hunter is walking into the shot. We then cut to Daniel putting Christy to bed. And then we cut to him in the living room. He's burning the edges of the picture of Katie as a kid. One that they find in the attic in Paranormal Activity 1 with the burnt edges. So So apparently that's how that got there. See, origin story. Mm -hmm. We cut to three weeks later. Katie is hanging out with Christy and Hunter out by the pool. And she's giving Katie some like beaded thing that she made because, you know, that's Katie's one characteristic is that she beads. Yeah. <laughs> she then asks how the ghost things are going and Christy says that the, it's good. Everything's gone. Katie says stuff's starting to happen at her place now and it's bad enough that she had to tell Mika about it. Christy tells mm-hmm. her that she sh- should take her own advice and just not talk about it. And then they part ways. We cut to the start of Paranormal Activity 1 and with Katie pulling up to her house and asking Mika about his new camera. We then get text across the screen. Mika was killed on October 8th, 2006. And we cut to the night of October 9th, 2006. We're at Christie's house again. It's the porch shot at 11.48 p.m. And then we see our haunted pool vacuum. You know, always got to check in. Of course, you know, you have to see her one more time before uh, it's over. Daniel's on the couch. He's watching the same commercials, as I mentioned, that Allie was watching before. <laughs> and then Hunter is crying in his crib. The door opens and Christy comes in. We're back to Daniel and Katie is in the hallway covered in blood. He looks in the kitchen and sees nothing. And we cut back to the angle that we had seen Katie in before, but she's no longer in the hallway. We cut back to Christy. She's soothing Hunter. And then we cut back to downstairs and Katie sneaks up behind Daniel and snaps his neck. Then she heads upstairs. Christy hears footsteps coming and she calls out for Daniel. And then Katie charges her and throws her into the camera just like Mika from Paranormal Activity 1. She then picks up Hunter who's crying on the floor and then Hunter starts laughing. She walks out of the nursery with him and then text comes up on the screen and it says, Allie returned from a school trip and found the bodies of Christy and Daniel Ray on October 12th, 2006. Katie and Hunter's whereabouts remain unknown. And that's the end. Now there was one other ending 
that they filmed, but they didn't end up releasing anywhere. That alternative ending has Katie snapping Hunter's neck. All right, that might have been a bit too far if they kill a baby. Yeah, that was it. That's that's my only fun fact for this movie. I looked through all the fun facts on IMDb, and none of them were fun enough to share. <laughs> they were all boring. Got it. Just um, like this movie. <laughs> yes, it was boring facts. Wow, but this one was wild. Wild isn't there. This one was, whoa, hard to get through. It's a prequel, so obviously it is an origin story. Mm. You know, that's not too off base to say, but this was like origin story, origin story for the camera, origin story for how they found the picture in part one. Basically, origin story to how the first movie happened because there was apparently the daughter was right and the great grandma made a deal with a demon for money and fame. Exactly. Like, I've, it's a lot of setup in this movie, but like not a lot of payoff here and i don't know like i really don't know what to do to fix it other than add more paranormal activity (laughs) that's basically it um have something happen before an hour and six minutes into this movie that's (laughs) yeah exactly and like I mean, it was small things that happened in the other one, and we complained about that too, but, like, at least it was something. Like, the Ouija board situation, at least, like, that was kind of interesting, and, like, you know what I mean? Like, there were small things that happened that were, like, okay, I can clearly see something's happening, other than there's tapping and a pot falling down and a vacuum (laughs) in the pool. And fine, show the pool vacuum getting pulled out of the pool once, maybe twice to show a pattern. But man, eight nights of this? And <laughs> you got to show all eight of them? Yeah, exactly. And as I said before, like, instead of it being like the pool vacuum comes up the side of the pool and like does this thing, like just it looks like a vacuum having a malfunction. You know what I mean? Like it, it didn't look haunted. No. To All make it less haunted, make it levitate like out of the pool and like across the yard, you know? That's the thing. Before an hour and six minutes, things happen, but everything that happens can be in- explained away rather easily. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the pool thing came out. All right, fine. It looks like just it went up the wall and came out. All right. It's, what else happened? The, the, the pot falls. That's what it is. The pot falls. Maybe I put it up wrong. Maybe something, you know, it's. Anything, everything can be the toy, the toy truck, the toy little train, or whatever it is. And the bright side, they didn't show the Geo City's website this time. Yes, I thought that was what she was going to show him on the computer, actually. <laughs> and then it didn't happen. I was like, I, I actually would have appreciated that callback in a way. Like, would have been more interesting than watching Brad read this paragraph. <laughs> Pick a main character. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I don't care who it is. Pick somebody. Yeah, we need someone to focus on, and we don't have anyone to focus on in this movie because it's just Chris, everyone. And Christy seems boring. What is what, like? What is Christy? She doesn't do anything until she gets possessed. Like she honestly is barely in the movie if you really think about it other than like complaining says, a couple times yeah I don't know. He says giving birth to a son. She does nothing for the longest time. It's because even like you see the the father daughter then even let's say when the daughter gets locked out of the house you know because <laughs> for being an idiot and the dad acts like a jerk over it she doesn't take a side either way yeah she doesn't go to the dad like hey listener because when I was a kid blah 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 or doesn't go to the daughter listen stop trying to hang out with your boyfriend and sneak out while you're watching the sun some something she does nothing she just like sits there and like mm, and walks upstairs. Yeah, she just, I don't know. None of the characters in this movie were interesting. Martine was the most interesting one until <laughs> she gets fired halfway through. Martine shows up three times and gets fired over nothing. You spend mostly a movie with the daughter, Allie, and she seems okay, I guess. I don't know. She just 
again with the not interesting and not compelling for me and even when she does her research it just feels very clunky and it's like all at the last minute you know and yeah. it's like, let's just fit this in to this very small section of the movie where we had 45 minutes of a vacuum in a pool yeah let's throw this um let's, let's throw all the exposition for this for the lore of the series in this one little weird scene with brad yeah which is, oh look it's a demon and if if you make a deal with a demon for fame and wealth, you will give up the first one. That's why she has so much money. When does it show that these people have money like that? Yeah, exactly. That? Like, they never even talked about that. Like, oh, yeah, like, Christie's family's rich or something. Like, no, they never mentioned that at all. And in the first movie, it was Mika that made all the money. Yeah, because it was Mika's house that she moved into his house. because, And he did day trading and made money off of that. Part two, the man owns a Burger King or a couple or something. I don't know. He owns Burger King. He has Burger King money. Him and the king get along. So you think, all right, this is the guy. He owns these businesses. So maybe that he's the one that makes money in the house. That's a nice house. Maybe, you know, you don't ever think that Katie and Christy come from wealth. Yeah, it, it really felt just tossed in. It didn't make sense. Hell, Katie, in the first movie, when he buys the camera, I think she's like, how much do you spend on this? What's going on? And he doesn't he throw like some weird thing? I'm the one that makes money or something, if I remember right. Yeah, like he's a day trader and she's a student. You don't see them flaunting that they come from money or. Mm -hmm. The quote was also for power, quote unquote. So maybe it was done for power. I don't know. But, but then the daughter does say, oh, that's why she that's why Katie's rich or well, Christie's yeah. rich. You know, so it's, I don't know. <sighs> I don't know either. But what would you rate this movie? I was a two last time, wasn't I? You, you upped to three at the end. Yes, perfect. Two. Two, two, <laughs> two, 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 two. Yes. I think that's why I did it. I think that's exactly why I did it. I'm, I'm going to do a three because I, it was bad, but whatever. I'll go three. Yes. This one up, undercut the first one. Two. So Easy. it wasn't a one, which I'm surprised. I was waiting for you to say one. No, not a one. Not a one. Because it did have one jump scare that got me. Okay. When all the cabinets opened, that did get me. And I didn't hate the daughter, you know, and it was, and it did, and I did think of interesting things while watching the movie. I thought Skeleton Key, I was thinking of Labyrinth. I thought of better movies when I was watching this one. So it kind of, I was entertained in my own brain as this movie was on. Not by the movie, but at least by something. So they're- By like, memories of better things and better days. <laughs> the thing is, Skeleton Key, I don't even like that movie. <laughs> it's not even like the movie I like. Like, ooh, that's, that's a good movie. It's like, you know, it's a movie. It's okay for what it is. I didn't like it. But, yep, still spent more time thinking about that movie than I was about this movie as I was watching it. Well, like, you made me want to rewatch that movie because I don't remember <laughs> that at all, clearly. But. It had cool ideas. That's when the uh, Guns of had a couple cool ideas. Yeah, Jordan Peele took them and made them more interesting. <laughs> um, all right, I would give this one a 3 out of 10, I would say. It was pretty boring, but it does set up a few things for the next movie, so that's why I'm going to give it a 3, which right now brings this series to a 31% in our books. Oh, yeah, and that feels about right. Yeah, which is fair, but I... Okay, so I really like the third movie. It's the last one I've seen in the franchise, so I can't promise any of the other ones will be interesting, but I hope that you like the next one. We'll see. Like I say, I always come with an open mind. There, like, so I feel like more happens in that movie earlier on and then also there's some really cool camera work that happens because one of the cameras 
again with like a Mika type character who's like, I'm just going to start filming this shit because like, I don't know what's happening. But he decides so that he can cover like the whole first floor to attach the camera to like an oscillating fan. So you get some really cool like, it's just like, oh, you see something in the corner, but then it like fan has to move, right? So like, then it comes back and the thing's gone and like, it adds some tension. It's cool. That's one of the few things I liked about this movie was that they they had the conceit of the security system. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. Oh, this is the one thing that pissed me off. If you're being haunted and you have haunting things happening, and I think I mentioned earlier, they never check the tapes. I know. <laughs> they hardly ever check the tapes. And the one time they do, it gets dismissed. Like, ah, I don't believe you, daughter of mine that's given me no reason to distrust you ever in this movie. You're just a liar, liar, make liar, liar person. Yeah, I mean, she does check the tape at the end, and that's how she figures out what happened to Christy, and that's when the dad finally believes her. But, like, all the time before that, why not? Like, what when she's arguing with him about the pot, and then she's like, well, no, let's check the tape about the pool cleaner. No, why don't you check the tape about the pot and show him how you put the pot up properly and then it fell? But no, <laughs> or show them both. Like, let's check both tapes. The parents always recording. So let's check all the tapes about everything. But no, they don't. Check. All right. Well, what are we watching next week then? I already said it. But... <laughs> all right. Next week, we're coming back and we're going to do Paranormal Activity three i like this one i'm excited to watch it again yes i am excited for things to happen (laughs) hoping fingers crossed that actually things go down this time is great it would be great Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we will see you next week. But in the meantime, if you want to connect with us, you can join our Facebook group or check us out on Instagram at Series of Horrors Podcast. And also, if you want to send us a note, send us a letter to tell us how great we're doing or how bad we're doing, or just say, hey, Jeff, hey, Jackie, how are things? Um, you could always email us at seriesofhorrors at gmail.com. Also, if you can, it'd be amazing if you could tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to you know get the word out there we're doing pretty good you know we love you guys you guys have been doing good been, been good to us you know a couple of reviews would be great so that more people get to know about this fun franchise ride we're taking with y'all we would love to have some more opinions in the mix tell us yes. what you think tell us what you want to hear from us we'd love to know if you have any of your own paranormal experiences i would love to know those too Yes, please let us know. You know, movie ideas, recipes. Always recipes. Always recipes. <laughs> always. Jeff wants to cook. Always recipes. Quarantine got me cooking. So, All right. Great. We'll see ya. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.